0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you here with us this half hour. This is our half hour that we get to talk to great professionals in and around the area. Today is Dr. Jason Gouliou. And so we're going to be talking to him about a couple of things and and his Lyme experience that he's talked about before. We'll kind of review that again Uh, Just before we get into our discussion, let me give you the different ways that you can listen, because of course you can listen to us on our website streaming, you can listen to us on the radio, there are uh, apps that you can put on your mobile device, you have Alexa powered devices as well, so so many options that you can join us. If you do have to leave us, there is the option of listening to this on our website as our podcast for the day. And how you access that is you go onto our website at WISR680.com. You're going to pick programs and then let's talk and then go from there and you'll see Dr. Jason Guglio there. All right. So let's do it. Dr. Jason, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you today?
0: Good, good. Always nice to talk to you. Now, I know I wanted to jump in first with, with the limes conversation because we've had this before, but I always find it interesting in hearing your story because you seem to have a unique story in, in how you contracted Lyme at one time.
1: Right, and I think that's why it matters right now. Cause like, just like I said before we got on air, is that yesterday was 10 years from my exposure. Um, and that's a I don't know, that's a big anniversary whenever you've had something that's pretty much super life-altering. I mean, (laughs) I sent an email out yesterday kind of mentioning that. And, you know, I didn't go into great detail because my website has my story on it, which um, it's drjason.com, D-R-J-A-I-S-O-N. And it also links to um, functionalnaturalmedicine.com. That's kind of like my other website they kind of like jump together I don't know how that works but anyway um, either one of those you're going to get to my site and um, you know the whole story of kind of what I went through is on there but and it's all updated It actually looks really good so you know my exposure was from a spider and it's funny because the moment I say that I get pushback oh, no, 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 can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be. You know I mean? I'm like, you know, literally, (laughs) it's amazing how like people literally deny your experience that you actually had. And if you do any research on it, you can actually be exposed to the bacteria. Now, let's talk about Lyme disease versus exposure versus everything else because Lyme disease is the name of all the symptoms that you get when you've been exposed to the bacteria called Borrelia burgdorfi. Now, I feel like that minimizes things simply because we're like, oh, Lyme, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, you know, it's a really big deal and it's a huge deal. And I mean, my story tells you just like my 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 own experience and I've heard mine repeated back to me thousands of times since that point as I've treated people. So spiders, fleas, ticks, flies, mosquitoes can all transmit the bacteria. They also can carry with them co-infections which are called primarily Bartonella, Babesia, Ehrlichia. Um, Babesia and Ehrlichia are protozoa kind of like pseudoparasitic infections. Um, Bartonella is another bacterial component and Borrelia is a bacterial component. Now, in this, you can also have opportunistic infections that occur either you've had them after when you get exposed and they come out. So I will see Epstein Barr, HHV6, mycoplasma, candida components. Um, Those are the primary. So you have in this exposure to a bacteria that creates a problem then you have the opportunistic infections that create a problem and you can have co-infection to create a problem so it become, kind of it can become a huge complicated mess and that's typically what i'll see when people come in and they bring that you know several years down the road and they've been to everybody and they were told that oh just you know if you were exposed it's treated it's done it's fine And, you know, really, it's not supported by experience and or like academic data or anything else. It's just a matter of, I think that, um, you have to have either a great deal of experience with it or you have to have a great deal of academic experience with it. But I think like with me, since I had both, I, you know, I have a really good understanding of it. So let's go back to, Ten years ago, um, I was actually in Chicago taking my naturopathic doctorate. So um, I was taking an exam. <laughs> I it was a Thursday that my wife and I drove to Chicago, and I was going to drive back right after the exam on Friday afternoon, and then she's from Wisconsin. So she took the train up to Milwaukee and she was going to hang with her sister and then fly back to Pennsylvania. So this is going to be like a day and a half, two day trip for me. So I just threw some clothes in a bag. Um, It was in the basement. And the weird part is I didn't touch that bag for like, you know, when you go to your house and you drop a bag somewhere in your basement, you ever touch it again. It's like a year later. Like, you know, (laughs) I did that. So, You know i kind of looked if it was dirty it wasn't so i threw stuff in it and uh it happened to be the same bag i took to ethiopia the year before whenever we went to uh, brendari home so anyway um get to chicago in the evening afternoon whatever have dinner i finish my studying i get up have breakfast get dressed go down uh cardi's like all right i'm heading out i'm like all right see you later um and I should say the train from Chicago to Milwaukee is fantastic. It's just, so, it's just like a great train. Um, I wish we had trains like that around here. But anyway, um, we, the test was in four parts, and it was 100 questions each. So you're sitting in like, you know, those hotel rooms where everybody's sitting or taking an exam. Um, and after the second test, there was a little break, like he gave you 10 minutes. And going into the third exam, I started to feel... Just real thick, like just not right, you know? And I was like, man, what is wrong? Like, this is really weird. And this really sucks because I'm taking this exam. So I finished the third one, take the 10-minute break, and I go to the bathroom and I start kind of like washing my face and stuff. And I kind of started to panic. I was getting really sick. started to feel real hot, real flushed, just like not right. Like whatever it was, it was like, you know when a flu kind of starts, and you're just like, boy, this is not good? Yeah. That's what it was. So I get into the fourth exam, sit down, and I'm like in lo- almost like at this point, like super sick. I'm taking this exam. I remember writing stuff out, and I was like, I didn't even care. I wanted to be done with it. So I turned it in, and as I tell everybody, I did pass it. Not with what I wanted to pass it with, to be honest with you, because like I'm usually getting good grades and stuff from school, but I got crushed, but I still passed. Cause I couldn't remember the last thing. I couldn't even remember that I did the last test, you know, like I remember turning it in and that was it. So I get back up to the hotel room and I'm like sweating and like, I just don't know what's going on. And so of course, I think it's a good idea to check out of that place and then drive home. Um, And I don't know if anyone's ever returned to Chicago. It's crazy. It's a real lot of traffic. I mean, it's a real rough drive, especially when you're not feeling good. So like, you know, 10 hours later, whatever it is, I had to stop a few times. Um, I get home. During that during that drive, I had my very first panic attack. Like, literally, I just lost it. I just panicked. I, like, I remember calling Carly and I was, like, crying, and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And, like, I just was just terrified. So, I calmed down from that, and she's like, you got to pull over something. I'm like, I can't. I'm driving, you know? So... Get home, and I walked in the door, and my mom, was who was watching the kids, she looked at me, and she said, you're not okay. And I said, no, I'm not okay. So laid down, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and I kind of felt pseudo-human. And uh, throughout the rest of that day, I did some stuff outside and um, started to just feel really awful. And I remember laying down on my daughter Ella's bed, and I was like, I could just sleep, but I had to take care of my kids, you know? So they were little. And you know what dinner was that day? I remember vividly. It was bananas, smoothies, and popcorn. That's what (laughs) I made for dinner. Because, you know, like, it's all I could do. Right,
0: right.
1: You know, I just was, like, barely functional. So the next morning, my dad came up, which is a Sunday. And he reminded me of this. I was laying over my counter, like, in the kitchen in a bathrobe, like, with, like, boxers on. I was just, like, toast. And so he said, I'm going to take you to the hospital. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me, dad. I can't, I don't want to do that right now. So like, I just have to figure this out. Um, so he took the kids and I texted my staff member, Tori. And I said, listen, I'm in real bad shape. Um, so go to the office for me and get like, I gave her a bunch of stuff to get me. Cause I didn't know what to do. I was just going to start throwing stuff at it. Not the best idea, but I felt desperate at that point. Um, So the next morning, I couldn't even work, which, like, if anybody knows me, that's that's Armageddon to me. You know, like, basically, like, me not going to work is, like, just if I'm scheduled, it doesn't happen. Um, I missed three days that week. I was able to go in on Thursday, um, which, you know, again, that, you know, if you don't know me, that's, like, that's the end of my world. So over the next few weeks, that's when I developed the paralysis in my face, the pain, the anxiety, the insomnia. I dropped weight. I mean, like, again, I could go on and on and on. And I'm going to backtrack a second. When my dad came to see me, he said, look at your leg. I had a giant lesion where my pocket is on my right thigh, you know. Now, you don't look at that very often, even when you're showering, you just don't. So I didn't see it. And I was like, oh wow. And it was clearly a spider bite. You could see like the little fang marks in it, you know, and it wasn't a tick exposure. It wasn't a tick. It was, it was, there was nothing. And what happened is it likely came out of that bag I threw my clothes in. And when I put my pants on, well, there it was. It bit me. Now, you don't always, most of the time, you don't even feel a spider bite because they're part of their job is to like use like, um, nerve agents that make you not feel it. So you're not gonna kill it when you when it bites you, right? Does that make sense? Like, you know, the point of that uh animal is to survive and when it when it bites you, it's not gonna let you know it did. Is it gonna be defensive and run along? So that was my point of contact, or my point of entry. That was a vector. And um, so over the next like, you know, like I said, several weeks I didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't figure it out because my head said, oh, that was a spider. There was no tick, so it couldn't be Lyme disease. You know, like, literally, like, I went academically on it because I didn't have, you know, I saw people with Lyme disease and I treated them. And, you know, I will be honest with you, like, I kind of, like, was, I don't know if this can be this bad. You know, like, I just, I didn't want to say I dismissed it, but I was a bit, I minimized. You're Even skeptical a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I just minimized it because basically, like, what the academics said didn't match with like what they were experiencing. So I figured it couldn't just be that, you know. And I mean, I was like absolutely, completely wrong. And I mean, that's like life taught me a big lesson. Um, so ended up that I ran blood work because I can run anything I need because, you know, my dad's like, you got to test for Lyme, J.H., you got to test for Lyme, and you know, smart Dr. Jason says, oh, no, Dad, that's not possible, you know, and, you know, my dad who's a carpenter who builds houses and puts beautiful kitchens together, I thought he was like, ah, he doesn't know anything, right, that's you know, because, like, number one, he's dad and number two, I'm the doctor, so anyway, like, again, life humbled me there heavily, so I test, excuse me, And I get my lab work back and the the line didn't come back in a way like the Western blot and the uh, antibody test. But the other information looked horrendous. Like, you know, my cholesterol was down to like below 100. My thyroid was like spiked. My white blood cells were spiked. I mean, I'm just, you know, all these things you look at for like, you know, sick people, they were way off right like i and i was kind of like sitting there freaking out a bit like mentally and i was like am i dying like what is they knew what my lab work looked like right and i was a healthy 36 year old guy at the time like i took care of myself i i I work in um an industry where like you know we take you know try to take good care of ourselves etc so i didn't then. i was super confused because like i said the Lyme test didn't come back yet so a couple days later, through the fax machine, which, you know, was weird that we even not use them, but um, came back when I was supremely positive. And then at that point, I saw it and I was like, all right, I don't even know what to do now. Okay. So I'm going to say this with like recognizing that, you know, I see things differently and then I'm not going to like tell you guys is out there what to do with it. I, at that point, decided not to utilize antibiotics. I am not recommending that for anybody. Please understand that. Does that make sense? Like, this is, yeah. this, is what I, this is what I did. It was your okay? choice, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was my choice, right? And so, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, debate, like, my choices and what I did. Anyway, but I'm also, like, not going to tell people to go out there and, like, just randomly do something. Because, again, you have to have data and support it. You have to have an idea, like, what's going on. So, what I did was I started to like research really hard and I, and and it was difficult because I was so super sick. So I started to go see every high end alternative doctor locally I could find like Pittsburgh, you know, you name it. And I was getting like half answers everywhere. And I remember walking out of one doctor's office who was a real nice person. I liked her a lot, but I just, there were no answers. And Carly's like, you got to do this on your own. You know, this, you have the information, you have it. Like, you know, you're everything you studied and everything you've done has led you to this point. So you got to figure it out. So I did. And like, basically I, I was really lucky to contact a guy who passed away named Dr. Bruce Sheldon, who, um, he at that time was the medical director for a company called desert biological. And, um, he led me. He started to kind of lead me in the right direction. So anyway, as I started to understand the whole process, the infection, the co-infections, everything else, um, I recognized the metabolic breakdown. I understood that. I mean, I dealt with that all the time anyway. You know, for my patient base. And so I just started to like go through my level of treating, and you know, at this time, mind you, like my face is paralyzed on both sides, like. Um, I could barely talk to patients. Um, I still had to work. I, I worked like minimal hours because I would sleep at lunchtime because I was in so much pain. I would drive home in tears. Um, I was driving a Ford F-150 truck at that time and I'd jump up in that thing and I would just be like completely exhausted and toast and I would like, I would cry on the way home. I'd get a shower and I'd go to bed, but that's how I lived. And, um, you know, as I started to do a version of what I do now, because again, I've refined it very heavily. I mean, like over the past decade, obviously, I've refined it. Um, and I, you know, and you tailor what's needed to the patient, obviously. But that being said, I started to notice like little changes in it. Like I started to, I took two components of solace in this process one was i knew i was healthy before right like i knew i was okay okay and 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 when you're when you're where when you're sick you can't remember that you were healthy it just it, it just completely takes over it's the whole thing where you're like you can't see the forest for the trees you're just in it it's like almost like someone has a hand on your face or they're, they're disguising the world from you Um, and secondly I knew the academics and I knew what I, and like, you know, I had 11 years of practice up to that point. I had a second doctorate at that point. Like I studied all this stuff. I mean, literally like this is the stuff I was studying, you know? And so I knew academically that I was capable. Like I knew what the body was supposed to do, right? So like I held onto those real hard. And I started to see like small changes where, um, you know, it sounds really dumb, but I I remember the day, it was August 10th, I could move my nostril on on my left side, I could wiggle my nose, like, that seems so small, but when you have a face that's paralyzed, that's a huge issue, right, and then every, probably every 30 days, I noted a nice change, and it wasn't perfect, you know, and I had bad nights, and I had bad days, and but I, I could feel myself kind of like gaining momentum, I guess. And so my case was a real heavy neuro case. So what I mean by that is it's called neuroborreliosis. And like, so I have horrible pain. I mean, there's a thing called trigeminal neuralgia, which is the fifth cranial nerve. Um, it, it hurts and it's in your face. And, um, to me, I don't know, I I would describe it as someone sticking a hot poker and points at my face just like all the time. Um, you know, I had the visual components because that's cranial nerve five and seven. I mean, just like, you know, really bad pain side with it. I mean, like I couldn't even imagine that kind of pain existed until I went through it. So the the paralysis went away. The 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 anxiety started to go away, the panic went away started to go away, the brain fog started to go away, but the pain was lasting, it just was there. And um December of eleven, it was the Christmas, I I was doing pretty well and my mom said, You're not quite there yet, are you? And I'm like, Not yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. So that was June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So seven months in. Um so January, February, March, I saw a progressive change. And then April, all of a sudden, I remember sitting there one day, and I was like, I don't have any pain in my face. It's not twitching. And I was like, wow, this is weird, right? Like, you get so used to something, and all of a sudden, it was gone. So my last symptom went away in April of 2012. And I did the math on it yesterday, that's like, I don't know, like three or 4,000 days, whatever it is. It just, you know, not that you count, but it's like one of those things when it's so vivid. Um, so anyway, I was, I think, blessed enough to be in the position where I was able to catch this infection early enough to to to, to negate any permanent damage. Um, you know, because a lot of times when they when people come in a decade later, there's residual permanent damage that's kind of hard to clean up. Sometimes, you know. Now, um, everything that you're going to look at in my case, I've heard stories from everybody else I've talked to. You know, like um, the research has expanded for profoundly I mean basically like if you look at any books that are written on this you know they're copyrighted 12, 13, you know 14 so nothing was there really on paper not in a tremendous like available amount whenever I was going through it so I pieced everything together so you know over the past 10 years um, I've been able to kind of like really refine it my process and like just treat tons and tons of people with it I don't even know I've lost track number wise I mean I bet you right now I'm looking at 45 charts on my table because I'm you know doing work today I'm like running through charts I'm just writing cases up I bet you half of those are lime cases or a version of it you know just depending on like basically like where they are along the along the way you know so if I see whatever number of people and like 30% are live or like primarily live cases. I'm seeing a lot of live over the past decade. So, you know, what I want anyone else to know out there who's, who's, who has it, who's been exposed or told that they're okay, but they're still sick. You're still sick and you know, and you're not okay. And you're not crazy either, you know, because like, you know, you start to feel like it, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you start to feel like a, like somebody who's like becoming completely unstable and, you know, going from a completely like what I would call normal. And again, that's like debatable, but, you know, healthy, normal, 36 year old man. And all of a sudden not being able to walk up my stairs, that's a huge change. Right. And like never, ever, ever having any kind of like Mental health breakdown ever in my life to like going to the point where I had panic attacks, and like you know, just it completely changed my personality to the point where, like, uh, when I got better, people that met me during that time, it it's like I was a different person, you know. Like, I remember a staff member, her name is Haley, and uh. The weird part is I hired her just before I got sick. It just happened to be that I was hiring. And she never knew me as a healthy person, you know? And I remember she said, this is like sometime in like October, November, she said, you know, this is the first time you laughed or smiled when, since I've been here. <laughs> and like I was like, really? You know, that's how it gets you. You know what I mean? So I, I just want... You know, my story's not unique. I, 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 you know, I didn't know it wasn't. You know, like whenever I was, um, you know, hit with this, you know, you think you're the only person because like we're that we're that person, right? But, you know, my my story, the symptoms that I just said, I guarantee you, there are people out there listening that have had very similar. We're still having it, you know. So
0: so it, if uh, somebody wants to address this with you for themselves, how do we get a hold of you? How can we make an appointment?
1: Just call the office 724-586-5858 and just set something up. I mean, I always, um, I don't charge for consultations. And I mean, I know that sounds kind of weird, but like basically like I don't even, I feel like it takes away a barrier for um Cause we don't even know if we're going to work together as a doctor patient. Right. So like, basically like we'll sit down and talk and then can decide where we want to go because, you know, most of the time, everyone who's been through this has like a stack of like lab work and paperwork and stuff like that. I mean, they've been through the rigor with it. And so we have to sit and look at it and review it and then decide kind of how we can t- target this. I mean, obviously it depends where people are on this process. So you have to sit down and talk, you know, like if you're new, you treat it differently than if you're like five years or 10 years down the road, yeah. you know, like where did it, where, where are you broken? I guess it's like, where's the primary break? Is the infection like still present? I mean, did you treat the infection and you're still sick or you didn't clean it up after that? You know, something that's interesting, just to real quick, cause I know we're like way low on time. Um, the body doesn't differentiate between the broken bacteria and the bacteria that's like active. So even if you broke it down and it's still kind of like, the garbage is still there. The body still thinks it's infected. Those are called lipopolysaccharide endotoxins. And actually, that's pretty interesting because that's why you have people that they, you know, quote unquote, respond to treatment. And all of a sudden they just get like, you know, whatever they're doing, they just like hit this wall, they get crushed, you know, because when you're breaking down that bacteria, you have to make sure you're cleaning the physiology up. Like if you can't clean up and you're stuck and you're clogged, like let's say liver, lymphatic tissue, whatever it is, and you start treating, it's just going anywhere. You know, it's like basically a dam's going to break, you know, and then that's when symptoms will explode on it. So, yeah, the office is 724 um, 586 My website is drjason.com. And, you know, again, <laughs> there are think, so many layers of complexity to it.
0: And I think the big takeaway is that there's hope. If you've been diagnosed yeah. with Lyme, there is hope.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of hope. And I think, like, a lot of people, like, come in without feeling any, you know, and, and basically, like, um, you know, actually, like, there's resolution, you know, like, not just hope, but, like, if you do it the right way, there's resolution, there's healing, you know, like, don't, uh, don't sit there and think you have to live with this forever, you know, I mean, um, because you don't. So, yeah, like, recognize that you can't get better, it's just a matter of understanding it. And, like, and again, I know it's scary because I've been through it, you know, like, I... I've been in everybody's shoes, yeah. you know, and so like, been, you know, that's, that's a big differential when you've done that, you know, like you're, it's just, it's just different. It's just, your, your life has changed. It's very different. It's a, it's a matter of like, there's a pre Borrelia me and there's a post Borrelia me and the post Borrelia me is a better person. I know, I know he is because I've been told not just by, you know, my family and my people that knew me prior, but also just, I know, because like, you know, I have a level of empathy that I've never had before because I've been down that path. And I think you have to experience it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think I just, I think we're out of time, but um, I know we can call your office. I know we can get in touch with you and, and make an appointment and talk more about it. But thanks for, for sharing it again. I think it's always important to hear your story and know that you have gone through it, and there is hope on the other side. So thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tracy. All All right. right. You have a good day. You too. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And folks, thank you very much for joining us. If you want to listen to this conversation again in its entirety, just log online to butlerradio.com. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.